a group of, or a couple of individuals in particular that told their children about Jesus Christ. Lois and Eunice were the teachers of young Timothy. Mother and grandmother, they taught him the things of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about the fact that it would made him wise unto salvation. The Scriptures did. The Scriptures that he was told about. You know, at this day, we do, uh, we do commemorate our mothers. We remember them and we're thankful for all that they have done through our lives. And I do wish each and every one, not only here in our sanctuary, but also out in Radio Land, a happy Mother's Day. We thank God for you and I pray the Lord's blessings upon you. Today, it seems I will be the only one speaking on our mothers. It's been a blessing, as I said in my study this week, and I was preparing this sermon. I began to think about some things that I feel that was a blessing to me. It ought to be a blessing to each one of you that are here today because you're here for a reason. It's not just by happenstance. You have been told something about Jesus and more than likely it was a mother, maybe a grandmother, one who was faithful to bring their children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I'm thankful today for a good mother. I'm thankful for her testimony down through her life and I'm thankful today for my children's mother. Oh, today as I celebrate and I, I think about our mothers, I go back and I, I have to imagine there are certain attributes that makes a good mother. But there are also very certain attributes that makes a good godly mother. Amen? One that's separated from the world. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, if you want to turn there, Proverbs 31, and again, while you're turning there, we do want to welcome our radio audience. It's the Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Old Town. That's just the side of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road. Uh, giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOA share a portion of God's Word. This Word which I have today is a Word that I reckon speaks of mothers, good godly mothers. The Bible says in Proverbs 31 and 10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. You go on over to the end of the chapter in verse 27 and 28, and here the Bible says, She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children, her children, arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, 
and he praiseth her. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, dear God, today as we bow before your throne, we are so thankful, Father, for a day which you have set aside to come into your house to worship, to praise Thee. Lord, the the Lord's Day is special to your children. And today is another day that we not only praise and worship you, but we look to our good godly mothers. We're thankful, dear God, that you have placed in our lives a, a woman who has praised thy name and lifted up thy name. And have taught her children the ways of the Lord. Lord, I pray that you will bless us today. Lord, we're praying for the salvation of lost souls because of the preaching of thy word. Father, I pray that as those who have been brought up under the word of God, Lord, that you would direct their hearts this very day would cause them, dear God, to become wise unto salvation because of the words that they have been taught. Lord, we do thank you today for your great salvation. We thank you for your blessings upon us. Now, dear God, we pray that you will bless this sermon. Father, I pray that you will bless all those that have gathered here in this house to worship you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of being able to gather as your children to worship in spirit and truth. Today we do so. Father, where your Bible tells us we ought to honor those to whom honor is due. Father, even this day we honor our mothers. And I pray, dear God, that your hand will be around them this day. I think especially of our mothers that are not able to be with us. Thank you, Sister Mildred. Sister Mildred Claxon and Sister Conley. Lord, I pray that this very moment they would feel the touch of the Master's hand around them. Lord, we're thankful for dear ladies who have brought up children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We thank you, dear God, that you have seen fit, Lord, to put in our lives those who would protect and care for, for those who would be supportive, and for those who would be so conscious. Enough, dear God, that they would tell their children about Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you will bless your word today. May your name be lifted up in everything that's said and done. And Lord, we ask that you forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. I want to bring a message today simply entitled, The Attributes of a Good Godly Mother. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, what do you believe it takes to make a good godly mother? What attributes should be found as it concerns 
that kind of an individual in our lives. Now, whether you're saved or whether you're lost, it does not matter. You'll know exactly what I'm saying here today about your mother. And I pray that you would take this time to reflect. You know, I know there there are those in this world today who do not have the mother that I'm talking about. But to those that are listening here in this house, to those that are listening by way of radio, to those that are listening around the world today, to you mothers that know something about Jesus, this could be the telling sign of what makes you a good godly mother. You may not have experienced this in your life for yourself, but it does not mean that you cannot be this kind of person for those around you. So what does it take to make a good godly mother? What does it take? What kind of attributes is needed for this to come to pass? I think the first thing it takes, it takes a caring mother. Amen? It takes one who cares for their children, who watches over them in all things. And and we go back to the book of Ecclesiastes, and the Bible says in verse 27, She looketh well to the ways of of her household. That includes her children. A good godly mother looks well to the ways of her of her children's welfare. I go back and I think about there in the, in the book of Luke in chapter 2, I believe it is, or, or, or somewhere right close to there where when, when Jesus was left behind, if you remember when His mom and and his and his stepdaddy, so to speak, when Mary and Joseph had went back to Jerusalem, and and you know, as they left, they they no doubt, as we do from time to time, we look around and we say, "Well, where's little Johnny at?" Well, he's with so and so back 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 the way, and we just keep going on, you know, expecting that they're being taken care of by somebody else, and and oftentimes we get to a place and we say, "Uh oh." Little Susie ain't with us no more. Little Johnny's uh he's he's not here. Everybody begins to look around and and immediately there's panic and there's uh, there's concern especially upon the mother's face. I'm not saying that the father doesn't feel that, but I'm just saying that a mother a mother has a special love for her children. She has gone through the pains of death to bring them into this world. And I said, and I, I think about when Jesus was left behind there. Let's go back here for just a moment to the book of Luke. Look at Luke chapter 2. I want to begin reading here around verse 39. And I want you to think about this now. And we'll read down through verse 52. Here the Bible says, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord... They returned into Galilee to their own city in Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, now there's a, there's a big time expanse here that has transpired. 
Now he's gone from a, a young youth, a young infant, so to speak, up to 12 years old. And here the Bible says, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. When they had fulfilled the days, and, and as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew it not. But they, supposing him to have been in the company... When a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. I mean, can you just imagine that? You know the thoughts that must have been going through their minds at that moment. Especially, you think about Mary. Mary had been offered this this wonderful this wonderful uh, a miracle in her life through God the Father through the Spirit of God, and this was a child that she had born and. This was a child who she was rearing up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And she thought that he was there with them, but when she found out that he wasn't, I believe there was a great deal of fear come upon her. I believe there was a great deal of concern. You know why? Because she cared for that child just like just like you mothers do. I look at mothers today and I, I go back and I think about my own mother and there's times when when my mother, if she you know, she had this whistle. I mean, she could she could put that she could uh well you know it sounded like a, a, a sound like a little uh a Winnie pig or whatever, but uh she would whistle and she would whistle so loud that I could hear her no matter where I was at down in them bottoms it seemed like. She knew if I didn't come there must be something wrong or I didn't hear her and she'd be get to she'd be get concerned. I go back and I look at you ladies here. No doubt if you looked around and you called for your child, especially in today's society. It wasn't, when I was growing up, my goodness, we, we would be five, four, five or six years old and my goodness, we would be mile and a half away from the house just down in them big old fields and them big bottoms. Nobody, nobody would had no great concern. But today, you let a child out of your sight and you, begin, you get concerned because of the society in which we live. But as I sit and I think about a mother that really cares is a mother who, who, is, who is concerned over the whereabouts of her child. And Mary says here, as you go on down in verse 48, the Bible says, And when they saw Him, as they went back and they, they found Him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, about like many of you moms probably would, wouldn't you? What in the world are you doing? Where have you been? I've heard that a time or two. Growing up as a young boy, and and uh, brother brother Underwood mentioned the other night uh, that you know sometimes you know you put out a watermelon patch and. Sometimes the young boys in the neighborhood might come by and help themselves out. You know, we used to do that all the time when I was growing up as a little boy. I don't recommend that, so don't, so don't follow that. But uh, oh, uh, an old truck salesman, an old truck farmer down there, he run the greenhouse at Hellman's Greenhouse. We, he used to be called Red Hellman. And down in them bottoms in the, in the high river, he would have he would have acres and acres and acres. I mean, acres of watermelon right against the river down there. And us boys got to thinking, well, shoot, he ain't going to miss one of these, surely. And, uh, man, we would be going through her. We would eat our fill, and you know what have you. 
then you forget where you're at. You forget what time it is. And when you finally make it back to the house, you're sick. You don't feel right. Your belly's hurting. You've ate so much watermelon and you've ate so much other stuff. And your mother says, Son, where in the world have you been? The reason why she does that is because she cares for you. The reason why she wants to know what you've been doing is because she cared for you. Mary was a mother who cared for her son. And the Bible says in verse 48 again, And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold thy father, and I have sought thee sorrowing. You know what? That showed that she cared for her child. That's the first point of a good godly mother. She cares for her children. I go back and I think about uh, uh, Hannah. Hannah was a mother that, that cared for her child. She cared so much for him that after she prayed for that child for so long and and, and the Lord touched her wound and, and she become in a family way. The Bible speaks about the fact that when he was born, before she weaned him, she had promised him to God. You know why? Because she cared for him. You know, we as we as we gather into this house and maybe we have a, a, a new mother or a mother has a new child. You know what we'll do? We'll ask the blessing over that child. And in so doing, that child is dedicated by their mother and their parents and their father unto the Lord. And you know why that is done? It's done because your parents care for you. I can go back and I look at these young men and these young women that are graduating. I remember... I remember these young people that are, that are coming up to a time of graduation and can you remember a time when you were held in your arms and you were dedicated unto the God of heaven? You know why that is done? Because your parents care for you. Your parents, uh, they care deeply for you and and that's the way it was here in Hannah's life. Hannah was a woman who, who cared enough for her son that she dedicated him to the Lord. And all of her life, she cared for that child as she raised him up and reared him up for the glory of God. Back in 1 Samuel, we'll go back here and we'll read some of this today. And I just want you to consider some of this in, in 1 Samuel in chapter 19 here. Or chapter 1, excuse me. 1 Samuel in chapter 1. I thought, man, that ain't right. 1 Samuel in chapter 1. And verse 19. The Bible says here, And after Hannah had, had prayed unto God... The Bible says in verse 19, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. 
Wherefore it came to pass that when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I asked him of the Lord. That man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. You know, as I sit and I think about how what it takes to make a good godly mother. It's one that cares enough for a child to make sure that he knows or she knows about Jesus. Amen. That they know about the things of God. And, and here Hannah dedicated her child Samuel to the Lord. And she said that she would dedicate him forever. Not just for a time. You know a lot of times people think that well we'll bring him up. And then we'll just let them have their way when they come adults. No. I believe you ought to pray for their adult life that God will continue to move upon them. And I believe that good godly mothers do that all their lives. They continue to pray over their children. Folks, I want you to know something. I've heard concern in the hearts and minds of parents not just for their children, but for their adult children. I've heard people that have prayed for their adult children that the Lord would save them and, and they would dedicate their lives unto God. Listen, that's what takes a good godly mother and that's what makes a good godly mother. One that cares enough to say, Lord, save my son, save my daughter, that they may bring you honor and glory. Do you know that's exactly what Hannah had in mind, I do believe? I believe without a shadow of a doubt, according to God's Word, that that's exactly what she had in mind, that her son would bring God glory in his life. We go back and we think about the Shunammite woman. Here was another individual who had no child and then after, after much prayer and after, after seeking out the man of God and praying over this thing about her, her not having a child, the Bible speaks about the fact that she was given a child. She was given a son. And this was a woman who, who, not, who really loved this child with all of her heart. I mean, it was her only child. She had been barren before. But as we look at this, you see a woman that cared for her child. You know, the Bible speaks about the fact that this child had fell in and became ill and, and his head was hurt. And, and I know the, you know, I, I've, listen, we've had those mothers that cared so much for us. And sometimes about ruins a good man, I tell you. To have one that's so loving and caring and that kisses every little boo-boo that you get. I go back and I think about some of the times when... I remember one time in particular we were breaking an old horse down there and I was just a young guy. And my foot got hung in the stirrup. And I was drugged through a plowed field. And I mean, of course, that's how you... That's used to how you'd break a horse, you get him in a plowed field, and it's hard for him to buck and carry on, but 
Here I was, just a young lad. I was just a young boy, probably Andrew's age. My foot got hung in that stirrup, and I was getting drugged and beat all to pieces, and there my ribs were all messed up and everything, and there come Mom. You know what she was doing? She was, she was taking the liniment or whatever it was she had and applying it to my, my bruises and everything else. You know, we go back and we, we look at the times when mothers cared for us. We go back and we think about the bicycle wrecks, the falls, the scrapes, the broken arms, the broken legs, and all that good stuff. But there was always a mother, it seemed like, that was willing to care. A mother that was willing to reach out for you. And I go back and I still consider that I still consider that mother. That one who had that loving touch. And even though it was my file aid, if you all remember that, the pink stuff they used to put on you to set you afire. Oh man, I hated that stuff. But I went through bottles and bottles of it growing up as a kid. But I always had a mother willing to to blow it. You know how you you gotta blow it, Mom. You know why? Because she cared for her child. This Shunammite woman, as as the baby came in, as this young boy came into her house, and she held him in her lap for hours and hours and hours as she held and caressed him. The Bible speaks about the fact that he died. You know what she done? She immediately took him and laid him upon the man of God's bed that she had prepared. Her and her husband had prepared a, a little cottage for him, a little place for him to come in and, and, and to rest himself. It was what they, where they get the, the term prophet's quarters. Many churches today have what they call a prophet's quarter or a parsonage. And that was a place where the man of God would go to rest when he's passing through. And what they'd done, they would, they, she took him in and she laid him upon the bed. And of course, you remember that when she was asked from time to time, is all well? She said, it's all well. You know why? Because she's praying unto God. She was praying for her child. You know why? Because she knew that was the best care that she could give him. It was the prayer of a mother whose heart was broken over her child. cared enough to pray. Folks, I want you to know something. You mothers need to care enough to pray for your children. Amen. And I know you do. But listen, when it comes to the welfare of your child's soul, you need to be praying the Lord would save them, first of all. That they would bring honor and glory to the Father. You know, that's exactly what this Shudamite woman done. She prayed on behalf of her son. Folks, I want you to know something today. That makes a good godly mother when you got one that prays over children. When you have one that'll that'll be heard in the next room as your child is laying there sleeping, and you hear that that mother praying and asking God to bless and help, and asking God to bring deliverance to the soul of that child. You know what? That's one of the best godly examples that I can that I can think of of a godly mother, one who prays over her children. Why? Because she cared enough. Secondly, I want you to think about this. It's a 
It takes a protective mother. It takes a protective mother. You go back to the book of Exodus and Jochebed was the mother of Moses and Moses was a man who when he was born, the Bible says his mother saw that he was a, a goodly male. One that was fair. One that was upright in his birth. If you remember the the the, the words of the Word of God there, there in the book of Exodus, you see the people of God were becoming so many that the Egyptians began to worry about being overtaken by them. So the king of Egypt would tell the midwives, well, every time a, a male is born, just, just do away with it. Now, I think that's been going on. Uh, that's been going on ever since that time, all the way up till today. And today... We're on the verge of overturning that hideous crime. Prayerfully. Listen, I want you to know something. There's always been a wicked king trying to take the children of the world and do away with them for whatever reason. There's always been that wicked king who has given, uh, given the authority To ungodly mothers. I, I, and I'm, I know I'm probably going to hear over this, but I want you to know something. It's a hideous thing to take the life of a child. It doesn't matter what age they are. Amen. I'll tell you, this thing is an awful thing and it's an awful atrocity, atrocity that's been taking place ever since the days of Egypt. Ever since the day when Moses was brought into the world and... And there they said, you know, told the midwives, when they see a male child come out, just kill him and get rid of him. Folks, that's what, they're, that's what they've been doing ever since. It wasn't a new law that came into the past in 73. I want you to know that. But it was a wicked thing that began to happen here in America. But it's a good godly mother that will take her child and love it, care for it, protect it. That's only natural. It's a natural thing for a godly mother to protect that child. And listen, I want you to know something. That is the most needed thing in America today for godly mothers that will protect their children at all costs. And that's exactly what Jochebed had done. Jochebed put him aside after three months of nursing and, and after three months of caring for him. She made a little, a little boat, a little ark, so to speak. She put him in the waters knowing that Pharaoh's daughter was going to see him there. Listen, if she had been caught doing that, after all that time, the king would have had her put to death. But she cared enough to protect that little child. She cared enough to protect him and do whatever it took to see to it that he lived. Folks, I want you to know something. That's a good godly mother. That's one that will make a difference in the lives of children today. If you remember, the Bible speaks about the fact that, that Jochebed, uh, uh, Miriam had come by and she was a caretaker of, the queen, of, uh, of Pharaoh's daughter. And she said, hey, you, I know somebody that can be a nurse made to this child that you found. Pharaoh's daughter said, well, go get her. That's what we need. We need somebody to nurse this child. Well, it ought to be a Hebrew just like it is. 
And well, the Bible speaks about the fact that Jochebed was able to nurse that child to weaning. She was able to raise her own child. Why? Because she'd done everything in her power to protect him in, in his birth. Folks, I'll tell you what, that makes a good godly mother, one that's willing to do whatever it takes to protect their children. We all have seen it, haven't we? We've all seen mothers who would uh, make sure that their sons or daughters were protected and well cared for. Jochebed done whatever it took to protect her offspring. Even at the risk of certain death, she protected Moses by an elaborate scheme which allowed her to perform her motherly duties. You see in Exodus 2, 7 through 10. Isn't it a wonderful thing to have a mother who protects her children? Who would gather her children like a, like a, like a mother hen would gather her little chicks under her wings. Folks, that's what I see when I look out in this congregation. I see mothers who would, who would do whatever it took to protect their little ones. Even when they become adults, they're still working at the job. You know what? Mothers never quit. Amen? Mothers never give up. Mothers keep doing whatever it takes to protect their children. Now thirdly, I want you to look at this. It takes a supportive mother. Back in Luke in chapter 2 and verse 51 and 52, the Bible speaks about as Mary had, had confronted Jesus for, for being left behind and scaring them. The Bible says that Mary stopped and she considered all these things in her heart and she kept them there. She supported her child. Now... I don't believe that it's a it's a Christian thing to support children that are that you know are going to hurt themselves and you just keep just letting them do whatever. I don't believe that's a Christian thing. I don't believe it's a godly thing to to allow a child to do something that's going to hurt itself bad, you know, whether it's a whether it's in its person or or whether it's just in its name. Listen, I want you to know so I believe a I believe a good godly parent ought to protect the child's name as well. But they ought to support them every chance they can and everywhere they can in their lives. You know what that does? It builds good character. When moms and dads support their children, it builds good character. I'm talking about when they support them in the good things of life. Now we've got children today, sad to say, that's got parents backing them that wants to be a cat. I don't know where that comes from. I'll tell you where it comes from. Humanism and, and all the other isms that's out there in the world today. They believe that they're kittens, so they, they ought to be treated like cats. I don't understand that, folks, but I'll tell you what. I don't believe that real godly people should support such acts as that either. You know what I'm saying? I believe that a child that is born into this world ought to be supported as it is born into this world. Yeah, I'm one of those preachers. I'm one of those preachers that doesn't believe in all this, this uh, uh, changing of, of identity in the world that's going on. I don't believe that's right. I don't believe it's a godly thing for you to support an individual who is 
for some reason whose mind has been altered for whatever reason somehow. I believe that you ought to support your child though where you can and when you can. Mary done that with Jesus. Mary supported her son. The Bible says she held all them things in her heart. She thought about His teaching. She thought about His staying behind. The Bible says she held those things. She was a nurturer. I believe that a supportive mother is a nurturer, one who builds up and encourages. There was another nurturer that was under the name of Salome, I believe. Zebedee's wife, whose two sons she encouraged to be faithful to the Lord. Folks, I want you to know something. That ought to be your drive to encourage your children to be faithful to the Lord. To be faithful in the things of God. To be faithful in the Word of God. She encouraged James and John to faithfully follow the Lord. You go to Matthew 20 and verse 20 through 23, you'll see this. And I want you to think about this as we're going there. What have you done? Or what have you not done to support your children in nurturing them in the Lord? Listen, I want you to know something. It's not something you can just put off. I've had people to look me in the eye and say, I'm going to wait till my children are of age and then they can decide for themselves whether they want to serve the Lord or not. No, the Bible says bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. That's what God's Word says. You bring them up. They're not to be left to themselves. Because a child that's left to himself, the Bible says, will bring his mother much shame. So that's a reason why that uh, a good mother is one who nurtures her children. In other words, she supports them and, and is, is that kind of a person who will lead them in the right way. Matthew chapter 20, in verse 20, notice what it says here. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children and her sons, with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And she said unto her, uh, and he said unto her, What wilt thou? In other words, what do you want? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left hand in thy kingdom. Now, I want you to know something. That was a mighty tall task for for her to even ask to begin with. Not because Jesus was not capable of placing one on the other side. It was that, that was a, that was a big, big step in the lives of these children, but she wanted the best for them. She wanted them at the best place. She wanted them with the best friends. Amen? She wanted them with the best kind of people. And that best kind of person was Jesus Christ. And she wanted one on either side of Him. And that's what she, that's what she asked for. Folks, that's where you need to be today. Amen? Look out over this congregation. I see moms. I see grandmothers. Who only want the best for their children and grandchildren. Folks, I want, I want you to know that is a good godly mother. 
Look around today in our congregation and think about those who are not able to be here with us today. We think about them and... Sister Cindy, I want you to know when you go up and see your grandmother after a while, you let her know how much we're praying for her and how much we love her. I can't hardly even say that without crying because I love that woman so much. She is such a blessing. She is such a... She is such a... An inspiration to sit and talk to. I mean, man, when you get to talking about her, oh, she can take you back in history. I think about all those mothers who have gone on. Sister Alice. I think about Sister Clark and others. Sister Darlene. I'm going to start naming names. I'm going to forget somebody. Forgive me. But I'm thankful for those mothers who have who have sat in this house and they have brought their children and now their grandchildren and great-grandchildren are in the house of God and, and they've done, done so because they've been nurtured in the right way. Shalom, she, she looked at uh, the Lord and said, I want my sons on either side of you. I mean, she wanted them in the best place again with the best kind of people. Do you nurture your child that way? Listen, do so. Please do so. This faithful mother had a great influence upon these two sons. And their desire was to be fulfilling their mother and father's desires. You bring them up right. Listen, they'll love you for it. Bring them upright. And I'm not just talking in the spiritual matters. I'm talking about all matters. You bring up a young man to work hard, and I'm telling you what, he'll appreciate it in the years to come. I was taught from an early age. I think I was five years old when I was put in the, the garden to start weeding the garden. And when I was big enough, when I was able to push the mower... I was I was pushing the lawnmower. I was I was brought up working, and and then I remember at, at the age of nine years old, I think it was, uh, I went to Miss McHale down there. Y'all know the McHale farm down here at South Shore, and and I and she was hiring men, she was hiring the young teenagers of the day, and and we were all putting in hay. And I told her, I said, I want to work too. And she looked at me and said, You're awful little, ain't you? I said, I can put up hay. And she said, well, you show me you can put hay on that trailer and I'll hire you. And buddy, I, I got that bell of hay up there. I don't know how, but I got it up there and she hired me. Listen, there's nothing wrong with bringing up your children teaching them how to work because later on in life, they'll need to know that. They'll need to understand that. That's a nurturing parent. That's a nurturing mother. Mother that doesn't do everything for their children, but lets them do it for them. Nurturing. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. I've only got about four or five minutes to go. Four. But there's one other set of parents and one other set of mothers that I want to introduce you to again. That's Lois and Eunice. These were the mother and grandmother of young Timothy. And I want you to know what it takes to be a good godly mother. 
It takes a soul conscious mother, one who is willing to bring their children up and tell them about Jesus and what He done for them on the cross of Calvary. In 2 Timothy in chapter 1, you'll see this, and I want you to think about this now. As I get ready to come to a close, in 2 Timothy in chapter 1, you say, well, I, I didn't have a mother that, that was all that. Listen, Mom, you be all that then. You do what I've been saying here today and you'll be blessed and your children and grandchildren will come up and they will call you blessed. But here in 2 Timothy in chapter 1, I want you to look at this in verses 3 to begin with. I thank God whom I served from my forefathers with pure conscience and without ceasing. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Timothy. This is Paul talking to another man. And he's saying, listen, I am rejoicing over you and your attitude. Why? Because he was brought up right in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the good gift of God which is in thee by putting on my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And I want you to go on now and look at this in verses 10 through 14. And here the Bible says, But it is now manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who have abolished death and have brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that the good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. And on over, the Bible says in verse 14, down through verse 17 of chapter 3, notice what it says here now. In verse 14, the Bible says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Folks, I want you to know something today. The reason why that was done was because of what Eunice and Lois done for him when, he bring, when they were bringing him up. They were bringing him up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Here we see the work of a mother and a grandmother. What a testimony! What a testament! Proverbs 31 and verse 28. Mom, don't forget the godly influence that you are to your children and to your husbands. Let me, let me remind you of that. The Bible says even the chaste conversation of the wife can win 
the lost husband to the Lord. The chaste conversation of a wife and a mother can, can lead the children like, like grandma and, grandma and mom did for young Timothy. I want you to think about this. I look out and I see wonderful mothers here. And I know we have wonderful mothers that are listening on the way of the CD or radio or sermon audio, wherever you're at today, I want you to know something. I thank God for you. But understand something. You have a great influence. A good godly mother has a great deal to offer this world and her children. She can be supportive. She can care. She can protect. She can lead them to Jesus. You say, well, how can I do it? You know those little bedtime stories that you tell from time to time? Won't you tell one about Jesus? Won't you give the narrative of what Jesus Christ was? When you go to speaking about the little lambs, talk about the little lambs that Jesus came to save. Folks, I want you to know something. I thank God for good godly mothers. I thank God for good godly grandmothers. Because they care. Listen. Again, like I said, you may not have had this growing up in your life. But it does not mean that you cannot be the same way today. A good godly influence. Look at all these new moms sitting out here. Be a godly influence. Be a godly mother. A good godly mother. And the Lord will bless you, your children, and your grandchildren. You say, well, my goodness, I'm just young. Well, one day you'll be old and they'll be able to rise up and call you blessed too because of your age. And because of all that you've done down through the years. I have a mother that's, that's still living and she's 82 years old. You know what? I think, I still think about, I go back and I think about the times when she'd make us kids be quiet so dad could tell us about Jesus. I still remember the times when mom would gather us all around the, the, the supper table. Dad and them, they would talk about Jesus then. My mom used to have one of these big old books. I don't know some of you younger generation, some of you might remember that. The old books that were some kind of a, a, a Bible book. And she would sit there and she would read those, those little things and show us the pictures. So that we could understand. You know how a child learns. A child learns by their eyesight, as young children do. And I remember those, I still remember it. It's in my mind. I still see those pictures that mom was showing us what was going on with Jesus. Folks, I want you to know something. To me, that's what makes a good godly mother. That's what makes a good mother. Listen, don't be so, so concerned with filling your children up with the world. Fill them up with Jesus. Amen. Fill them up with Jesus and you'll not go wrong. It's all stand, please.